Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. back to ER Debrief Podcast, where two emergency room nurses discuss the hit 90s TV show ER. We are your hosts, Melissa and Julie, and today we will be discussing episode 20 of season two. Hi, Julie. Hi. How's it going? Oh, good. How about you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Today was my last day at that clinic where I was working, but I didn't disclose where I was working. Um, and I'm now <laughs> going back to ER. I'm going back to, they call it a and I suppose. So I'm going back there, but I'm also doing like a split between, I'm doing a couple shifts a week in a and and a couple shifts a week in another clinic. So I'm okay. excited. It'll be like a nice split, not too stressful, get to have some of the acute care and yeah, I think it'd be nice. Nice. Getting back into a merge. I like it. Yes. I'm excited because I think I'll have a lot more distant and vague stories to share. (laughs) (laughs) Confidentiality. uh, Within the realms of confidentiality. uh, That's right. In the realms. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Realms of confidentiality. Yeah. We will be keeping it confidential still. But yeah, keeping to the confidentiality that we are bound to uphold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I also think it will be interesting to see because like this clinic that I've been at, like you and I have talked about differences between different systems and I've been comparing Canadian healthcare to what I've been seeing in this clinic. Very different. Even just how nurses and doctors operate together. And so I, but I felt like this clinic was a little bit of a, not a really great comparison. It might be some of the things are just within this clinic that operate the way that they do. So I'm excited to see how the system compares to home working kind of in a normal setting, like what we're used to. Right. Like within the eMERGE world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the stories. Yes. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think it will be good to see. I'm a little bit overwhelmed because so I'm with one agency, then I signed up with another agency. So I'm, and then I also am now doing bake shifts, shifts with a private hospital. So I'm really kind of overwhelmed because there's like lots of work, which is really good, but it's coming from all different directions. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed totally and before we started recording I was just telling Melissa about how I got an email about a cruise ship yeah being a nurse on a cruise ship which is like a lot of people do that but like the pay for this job (laughs) 
now that nobody wants to be on cruise ships is obscene <laughs> how much they're paying yeah wild it's like double what i'm getting paid here it's crazy it's and crazy. in canada i want to see how much it compares to yeah like i guess it would be more than what we get paid right yeah no, well maybe it's close yeah, it would be. to what well, we well it's actually close yeah it, it's close to what we get paid okay at home. okay yeah it's like it's like what we cap out at. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fifty 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 one dollars right. an hour. An hour. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be like what the top nurses are paid, like the very senior nurses I are paid. I can't believe you're getting paid like half of that over there. Yeah, it's actually I mean, quite shocking. Like you were in a clinic. I, uh, one of my colleagues. But yeah, one of my colleagues was telling me. Well, actually, I get paid more than some of the nurses that work in the clinic because I'm agency. Oh. So my rate that I'm getting paid is still higher than NHS paid nurses. Wow. So apparently um, (laughs) my colleague, he was reading this newspaper. It's called The Metro, I think. Metro? He's reading The Metro. And there was this article about how the NHS was looking, was recruiting people, and they went to North America to recruit nurses. (laughs) And as soon as the nurses heard what they were paying, apparently they laughed at them. (laughs) Everyone was like, you kidding me? Like, absolutely not. They were like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, sorry, um, that's not going to work for me. No kidding. And I mean, like, most people now that, like, now most of the people that I know that are from Australia or New Zealand or or the US or Canada, they're working with agencies who pay them a little bit more, but they're like they're doing it because they want to live in London and they want to right. travel around the lifestyle and, and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of people, it's not like a. It seems as if it's not a permanent kind of move, you know. Yeah, you're not doing it for the financial benefit. You're doing it no. for your life, right? Like for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I just thought that was so funny. It's like, you know that maybe you should start paying your healthcare workers more when you get laughed at, at <laughs> like recruitment, like at one of those job fairs or whatever. They must have a hard time hiring. Yeah, can I you, think they do. Can you be local and work for an agency or do you have to be yeah oh you could okay yeah so then why do any of them work for is it nhs why do they work for them well so i think that there's a few reasons a lot of the time if you apply for a permanent position you get other perks like you get vacation pay you get sick leave whereas if you work for an agency and you're picking up bank shifts if you cancel that shift you're not paid for it oh i see so you don't have the same benefits i guess i see yeah yeah the security yeah so like the the one agency that i'm working with they do guarantee shifts so they guarantee you like 75 hours in two weeks so a full work week hours so that's helpful but they guarantee the hours, but you get paid significantly less than any other agency. Oh, okay. So most agencies pay sometimes pay like five to ten pounds more per hour. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. More than than Others. this other agency. Uh, okay. Yeah. I see. So And do you get benefits? I think it's definitely with your the security agency. 
like medical benefits? N- well, if you have NHS healthcare, you just you get you just get healthcare. Right. Okay. So like I think for prescriptions you pay like a flat fee of like nine pounds or something. Oh, I see. So you like everybody is part of that system. Yeah. So everybody uh-huh. can access NHS. If you do have company healthcare, like a benefits like we would have at home, mm-hmm. it's usually a private like a private healthcare hospital or system that they're giving you benefits to okay so like you don't have any private benefits if you work for nhs like there's no like no no blue cross or anything like that no so like here you can go to the dentist through the nhs not pay you can see your oh that's wild yeah but like why their dentist isn't like, it's not the same as what we would get. Mm, okay. So they have private dentists and then they have NHS dentists. So the private dentists are more like what we would have is you go in for a cleaning, they scrape, they do the fluoride, they do like a full mouth cleaning, a polish, everything. I think for the NHS, I'll have to do it sometime and just see what it's like. Yeah. But I think they just check it out, maybe do a cleaning, but they don't do like a, like with the scraping tool. And I don't think they do a polish. I'm not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's much more limited. Yeah. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So anyways, hmm. that's what's new with me. What's new with you? Um, Even though you didn't ask me what's new with me, I just answered the question that I wanted to know. Well, I'm glad that you did because I wanted to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Not much. I guess I did text you a little bit ago. I do have a very light obsession that's new. It's very light. I'm going to not get into this deep. I have promised myself not to. But I've always really, I've always wanted to be able to do like one magic trick. Just like signature Melissa (laughs) magic trick. And so I can now do this card trick, which I love. I've only performed it once and it was very scary. Um, I think I'm going to try to do it again tonight. I'm going to my parents' house for dinner. So I'm going to try to do it again for them because my parents feel like safe. If it screws up, then that's fine. But it worked out really good the time that I did it. I just did it at work for a couple of the people that I work with on nights. And they were blown away. So I was super excited. But it's so scary (laughs) to do a magic trick because, I mean, even though you know it's going to work out like it's it has there's only one way that it can go you're still like so nervous that like something's gonna go wrong or that like you didn't set up something correctly or like something is just gonna the person's gonna figure it out you know like it's so scary (laughs) so um yeah so it's a very anxiety driven passion i feel like people i have a whole new respect for magicians because God, you have to be so calm. Yes. But yeah, so I do this magic trick where I like guess the card that you've picked. So, and it's like a no touch magic. So I don't touch the cards at all. So you just like pull out the deck, hand the box to the person, and then the person like makes sure that it's a right deck, like looks at everything and shuffles it however they want to shuffle the cards and then cut the deck, look at their card, And then I guess what card that is. So it's kind of like a mentalism kind of trick. Wow. Yeah. And it's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun when it works. And you're like so excited. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I'm coming home in October. 
Yeah. And so you have to do the magic trick for me. Okay, that sounds good. And then we'll have to like release it. We'll have to record it or something. I was going to say, maybe we could make it like an Instagram reel or something. Yeah, I was thinking I could get somebody to record it. me doing it once. And then uh, we can, yeah, post it to the Instagram to add to my ukulele craziness oh, and my... everything. So, yeah, but it's been really fun learning it. So... I've been like watching tons of videos and like figuring it out and spending a bunch of time on it. But uh, yeah, it turned out really good. So I'm really excited. So that sounds amazing. Anyway, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> okay. Also, I wasn't show it, throwing shade at you for not asking me what was new in my life. I was more making fun of myself for just telling you. <laughs> it's all good. I, was... <laughs> I did not take offense <laughs> at all. <laughs> I did not take offense at all. <laughs> it's all okay, good. good. For everyone listening, I promise I wasn't being sexy with Melissa. I was just, I was just, you know, talking about myself. <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you shared. I probably would have asked at some point, but I'm glad that you shared. <laughs> good, good. I'm like so stoked to see the magic trick though. And also I'm kind of excited to record together again and not, yes, not over Zoom. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it will be yeah. so nice. I think like the podcast will be so much better just because like you feel each other's energy a little bit better. Absolutely. And there's not a it's delay. So different when you're... Yes, and that. Oh, the delay. The delay. Although we've gotten nightmare. pretty good at it. I do have to say, like, we've got the we same thing down. Yeah. We do. Yeah. It's not so bad. I'm not sure how it is to edit, but it's not so bad. It's actually we'll not that bad to, to edit. Well, shall we do it? Shall we Shall we talk about the episode? Sure, let's get into it. Um, all right, so this episode is titled Fevers of Unknown Origin, it was written by Carol Flint and directed by Richard Thorpe. It aired on May 2nd, 1996. A brief synopsis of the episode. Ross and Benton put aside their differences when they work together to save a little girl who was hurt in a water heater explosion. Lewis deals with losing custody of Susie by throwing herself into work and saving a few lives in the process. Green continues to finalize his divorce but has sex with his estranged wife in the meantime and carter thinks working with ross will be easy ross starts dating his father's boss Ooh, yeah okay yeah <laughs> it's big a lot. cringe big big cringe there's a few cringy moments in this episode I feel. Yeah, yeah there really are Ooh, yeah not my fave not my fave no i do i don't know i had a hard time with this episode there was a lot of things that i was like mm. I don't agree. Sorry, that was my Alexa. <laughs> there must have been a package <laughs> delivered. <laughs> anyway. Uh, awesome. um, yeah, I don't know. This episode, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like over the moon about it. There was a lot of moments where I was like, oh, it just portrays us like as crappy people. And I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whatever it's still it's still gonna be fun to talk about because there's a lot of like wildness that happens so there is all right so we start with carol doing another emt like ride along or medic ride along i guess i don't really understand why but 
Sure. I know. I'm so confused by this. Why is she doing it? Yeah, I don't know either. Like, they made it sound like last time she did it when she met Shep was because she has to do them, like, annually. Maybe it's been a year and she's doing it again. I don't know. It's so funny. It is. Like, why? Totally. So she's doing this (laughs) ride-along and Shep is, like, clearly not in a good place he's like driving the ambulance like a maniac and carol makes the comment of like i thought we were supposed to help with accidents not cause them this is crazy Um, yeah yeah and he's kind of like irritated with riley his partner and it's just he's not doing well he starts off not good anyway they get called to a jaw or a um he goes to a call to a call that's the word okay so they get called to this call and it is a little girl who is trapped under a bunch of debris after i believe a hot water tank explodes the parents are kind of like frantic the mom is screaming like uh, we can't find her. She's under a ton of debris. They mm-hmm. immediately start like trying to dig through the debris and Carol ends up finding her foot and they end up finding this girl who is in respiratory arrest and they resuscitate her and they put her on a board and start walking her out. And then the mom is asking if she can come in the ambulance and Shep is like, no, the ambulance is full. And then Carol's like, I think we could make room. Like, it's the mother. And this is a little kid who's probably going to be very scared. And Shep's like, no, I don't want those people in my ambulance. And so at the beginning of this incident, the mother was yelling at the father saying that they knew that the hot water tank was unstable or like unsafe. But instead of fixing it, they've been pouring their money into alcohol. And so she's mad about that and kind of yelling at her husband about that. And so Shep just totally judges these people and is like, I don't want those alcoholics, idiots in my ambulance. And then as they're walking up the stairs, he says, stupid people shouldn't breathe. And I was just like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. It's like, we are starting off this episode super cringy. uh... Oh. Shep needs to take some serious time off. He He's does. not saying very nice things to people. No, not at all. It's so bad. Oh my god, I just was very upset watching that. And then when I was re-watching the episode, yeah. I skipped through it. Because I was like, I know it's coming and I don't want to watch this. It's, I know. Isn't it like, do you ever have that with shows where you're watching something and it's like, I like I, I you get that, what's it called? Referred? Like where you've feel like really embarrassed like you feel that embarrassment that's happening yeah in the episode like a lot of people can't watch the office because michael scott is so awkward and they hate watching it because they don't like that feeling of like how awkward he makes people feel right it makes them feel that that awkward i don't know i don't know what What is it Uh, anyways (laughs) but yes i I have here i'm like embarrassed for him totally know what you mean yeah exactly you're just like oh i can't believe you said that yeah really bad anyway they end up taking this girl into the department and doug and benton end up working on her together they kind of like doug makes a comment or benton sorry is gracious towards Doug and says, like, thank you for paging me ahead of time. Like, I really appreciated, like, being pulled in on this. And Doug was like, 
I just would prefer to have you involved with every case right at the beginning because I don't want another incident like last time. Mm. So it's a little hostile, but at least like Doug is working to like trying to work together rather than like completely blacklisting Benton, which I guess I appreciate. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. 100%. So anyway, so they work on this girl. Um, They end up stabilizing her. She's doing well. She's not too badly injured from this kind of terrible incident and then we go to a scene of doug in bed with karen who is doug's dad's girlfriend and boss (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what are you doing it's so cringy cringy. like we all knew it was gonna happen with the way that they were speaking to each other but like come on right be better oh my god be better douglas isn't doug supposed to be changing like this is not changing i just no he's not no way oh man changing so bad so bad i don't know i just think overall maybe carol deserves better than this dweeb uh i agree i agree maybe they shouldn't be together yeah yeah i mean i would hope that if he was with carol he would be with carol but who knows well i just think he's like such a child i mean i guess he like hates his dad so he doesn't really care about his dad's feelings it's just trashy isn't it it is i don't think i would i just wouldn't want to on principle like whether or not i was upset with my mom or not or whatever like yeah. my parent or not i just don't think i could physically do this it's so weird it's so weird oh. it's like i mean it's not incest obviously but it just feels it's just no not a good look no don't no exactly don't do that yeah Mm-mm. so then we have susan who was supposed to have the day off of work but she's at work and kind of just trying to pretend that losing kind of Susie isn't affecting her or losing some of the rights towards Susie um, isn't affecting her. So at this point in time, we don't really know the whole story of what has happened. But Susan's having these like flashbacks to searching through her apartment when a baby like when Susie Jr. clearly is crying. And she's just kind of frantically running and looking for her. Um, we don't know the entire scope of it, but my impression at this scene was that, like, she's now officially lost Susie, like, that yeah, quite a bit of time must have passed from the last episode when um, Chloe just had rights to see her, like, visitation rights. Um, it just feels like now... Susie's completely gone and we'll discover more at the end of the episode but uh but at this point that's kind of what I was thinking yeah so because clearly Susan has more time she was able to come in and help cover like they were a little bit short at work so she was able to cover and Weaver just makes a comment like thank you very much for filling in on such short notice she's like you can you can go home like at four it's totally fine and Susan's like no no no, I can stay a full 12-hour shift kind of just reinforcing that she's got a lot more time on her hands now so yeah yeah all right so then we have morgan stern who summons mark and weaver to his office and weaver thinks that this is an announcement of who won resident of the year i guess so she's like all excited she thinks it might be her she clearly like she's trying to downplay it but she clearly thinks it's her that has won mark 
kind of makes a funny joke and he's just like oh yeah was I supposed to submit your name for that and she's like what (laughs) but he did indeed submit her name so she's clearly pretty excited thinking that she's gotten this and so they go to Morgan Stern's office and actually he like has no idea about the um resident of the year he's like oh no 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 like isn't that being announced like next month and (laughs) she's like no no no, it's today so anyway he's clearly not had them in his office for that instead he wants to talk about who will be chief resident next year so mark immediately says like his top choice would be susan and weaver is like "Mm, i think probably not she's like instead let's talk about the qualities we wanted to achieve first and then kind of make a decision from there uh why does carrie not like susan susan is fantastic i know and weaver just has it out for her yeah absolutely yeah, and I don't know who else they're going to choose. Yeah. Like, what other resident do we ever see? Like, it's got to be Susan. Well, yeah, <laughs> like... and, like, what are your reasons, Carrie? Like, why don't you like Susan? Because she doesn't have any reasons, right. is what I'm saying. She has zero reasons. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else they possibly could choose anyway, so um but yeah Boo. so that is that discussion's kind of opened up so i'm sure that that'll be coming later too yeah then carter wants to assist with a breast reconstruction and asks benton if it would be okay if he goes in on this surgery and benton is just like i don't care like sure i mean she he Benton clearly hates plastics. He thinks plastic surgery is a dumb specialty, like the pretty person specialty wow. is what he calls it. And so, <laughs> I mean, all right. I like plastics does a lot of good things. A lot of burn grafting. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that it's, I mean, we always, we definitely dunk on other specialties, but there's a need for all different kinds. There's a place for everybody. Right. Exactly. Hicks actually, so Carter's just about to go in on this surgery and um, Dr. Hicks comes to him and says that he actually doesn't have enough um, pediatric like experience to graduate, which I don't know. They're just, this whole system seems so weird. Yeah. They're like, oh, like, by the way, we haven't given you any exposure to pediatrics, but you actually don't have any, you don't have enough hours of for pediatric to graduate like that's a kind of a curveball yeah it just it's weird it's weird that you don't you aren't given all of your requirements at the beginning yeah you make sure you fit them all yeah i don't know really weird very weird but anyway um i guess that's a way that the show gets carter back into emerge for a bit uh so yeah he is going to be paired up with Doug for the next four weeks to assist with his um, cases, then be able to meet this requirement so that he can graduate. Um, and then Mark tells Randy that he and Jen are working with a mediator to sort out their divorce. And Randy says she doesn't believe in divorce and she doesn't believe in marriage. <laughs> so, so, like, good. true Randy. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. so funny and then we have like jen stopping by so she just comes to the desk um and she says that she wants to settle the divorce without lawyers um that she just met with her lawyer she realized that she just spent a fortune talking to this lawyer that when she was like we've had a pretty great marriage why can't we just solve this ourselves yeah um 
so which is pretty good like I think maybe coming around a little bit to a more amicable divorce than we were having previously yeah so then Carter does come down to um, find Doug to start his like little peds rotation here and Doug is in the lounge uh, watching Days of Our Lives with Lily and Hale. I love this. And I do too. I just, everything about this scene is the best. Um, and they're just like talking about the characters on Days of Our Lives and like, what's going on with him? And why is this happening? And, <laughs> and Carter's just standing there like, I'm trying to tell you that I'm part of your rotation now. Like, give me something to do. And they're just like sitting there chatting about these characters. It just reminds me so much of all of the chats that I had about the Bachelor Bachelorette um, in the department with doctors. Like, there's so many of our docs that love that show. And we just like would always gush about what was going on and the ridiculousness. Totally. It's so good. It's, It's always fun when like there's a bunch of people that watch the same show and you show up to work and... Just talk yes. about just absolute nonsense shows. Right? Yes. Or especially if it's on in the break room, something's on in the break room and a lot of people are like, shut it off. And you're like, but I want to watch it. No. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Or like when there's like a big event, like like the Olympics is always a great time to be at work because like, yes, it's on all night, all day, right? Yeah. And you just, all the TVs have it on, right? And then, or like, hockey games too right like everyone's kind of into it um yeah from all over yeah it's kind of fun fun to kind of bring everybody together yes um yeah so then we have a woman who brings in her father mr delanova who is having heart problems he's feeling really unwell and Susan just, like, rocks this situation. She just immediately realizes that it's probably that he took too much dig- yeah. of his digoxin. She starts counting his pills. And and Weaver just, like, is in this situation but would never have picked up on this so quickly. Yeah, and then they just treat him and stabilize him um, for his overdose. Yeah, it's just Susan just killing it in this episode. And I know that that's terrible because she's actually going through a really hard time. But... Yeah. It's really making her focus on work, and she's doing a really nice job. Um, she's doing so good. Yeah, which is kind of nice to, like, shove it in Weaver's face, right? Like, I know, and it's just nuts to me. Like, this is the thing, is that it, I'm like, does Weaver even know what's going on in Susan's life? Because, A, she's performing amazingly, but also, B, she's got so much personal stuff going on in her life. Like, this is the kind of person you want as a chief resident who can have a really busy and crazy personal life, but still perform well at work. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's kind of nice to see her just like killing it in a bunch of different cases, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So she ends up stabilizing this patient and she kind of figures out that he can't read, like that he's never learned to read. Um, And that's why he's been screwing up the doses of the medication because he can't read the labels on um, how to actually be taking it properly. And so, but his daughter is unaware that he can't read. And he's always just kind of covered that up because he doesn't want his daughter to think that like he's maybe poorly educated or whatever the case may be. Mm. And it's kind of sad. Like I feel badly for him that like, Because our system is so set up 
for <clears throat> this kind of stuff, right? Like if you can't read and write, how yeah. do you how do you get anywhere? Because like you'd have to remember everything, right? Like yeah. And if you're given a number of medications, because if you're on digoxin, likelihood is that you're on a bunch more medications as well. How do you remember? Yeah. Right? Like, which ones are which? So, yeah. I, and which ones yeah. you have to be taking at which times? And even if you blister packed them, blister packing has, like, AM, PM, and dates, right? Like, yeah. so you still have to have some amount of reading capability to manage a blister pack. So, yeah, so that's it's kind of tough. It makes it really tough. Um. But Susan is so good with this gentleman. She, like, gets him to acknowledge that he can't read and then tells him, like, really supportive of her to be like, you know, you need to tell your daughter because she she can help you. Yeah. And you just need to be honest with her. So kind of a sweet moment. I don't know. Yes. I liked it. Go, Susan. Yeah. And kind of throughout this experience, um, throughout everything that she's doing in this episode, Susan keeps having these flashbacks to um her running through the apartment with a crying Susie Jr. and her searching for something that kind of continues in that story too and then we see that Dr. Benton is having a discussion with Dr. Bradley who's like an entirely new character but I guess he must be the person that Benton was going to report Dr. Vuslich's study to initially um right and then chickened out on it so now he has officially reported what he thought was inaccurate in the study and dr bradley is like pushing back and he's just like you know you decided to file this three months after this so-called fraud occurred um why did you wait so long um and Vuslich has an addendum in his study with all of these cases like explaining why they were excluded and mm -hmm. and i was kind of like oh like he actually is admitting to it and then benton says did he add that addendum before or after my complaint and dr bradley doesn't answer that question and i was yeah. like oh i was like, see yeah 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 oh we get it oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like covering it up now by saying like, oh, no, I always meant to include that when you didn't intend to include that until you were confronted. So, whoa. I mean, Fuselich plays on a whole nother level. Like, I just, his manipulation is really quite impressive. Like, I do have to say, he has yeah. a move for everything. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, he's pretty, I don't know. I shit on white dudes a lot, but I just, <laughs> I just feel like he's, there are just so many men in power like him that pull Absolutely. this kind of crap. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he's, to get to his level, he's probably done a lot of unsavory things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like or, he. I don't even know, because I, I think what this show also sh kind of, you don't even really have to do a lot. It's like, if you're that type of person, you can just, you can kind of get away with it. Like, you just right. have to be a privileged white dude 
to get pretty far and to have people believe in you and believe that you're capable, like we've seen with Carter, people just kind of believe in him. Then you get put into these positions and he's just, these things are just allowed. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it comes across anyways. Well, and then like even something that maybe could discredit you, he twists it, right? Like, so that's what I think is like, he's playing on another level is that like, Anybody else who was confronted with a complaint like that might have folded, right? Might have seen that as like a, oh, crap, I'm caught now. But Buslich didn't. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to add that as an appendices now and say that I always meant to. Like, Mm -hmm. it's wild. (laughs) Like, the manipulation is insane. Yeah. Um, Because now Benton can't say anything, right? Because he's like, oh, well, he's including everything that I was complaining about. So, like, whether or not that was before or after my complaint is going to be moot because Vuslich can just say, well, I always meant to include it. The The paper wasn't finished. It, yeah, it's it's impressive. I have to say, like, as much as I hate what he's doing, it's impressive that he's, like, got a gun to his head and he figures out a way to maneuver around it so seamlessly. So seamlessly same it's so manipulative (laughs) he yeah he's crazy i mean not crazy he's just a he's very calculated totally calculated is a great word for it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so moving past views lich's craziness so carol and riley and shep are back out on the ambulance and they go to an apartment building um to tend to a gunshot victim um he's a teenager and it looks like one of his friends, it, there's clearly drugs in the place, and one of his friends has uh, shot him. And as they walk in, like, all these people are, like, collecting all the drugs and, like, the paraphernalia and, like, trying to run away before clearly the police get there. And they go to take care of this kid. And his brother is, like, clearly upset and all over him. And Shep's like, you got to back up, buddy. Like, we've got to help help your brother. You've got to move back. You've got to give us space. And this brother is, like, not really doing that very well. Kind of crowding them and hovering over. And Shep gets really angry. And he ends up, like, pushing uh, the brother. He falls and he smacks his head against the coffee table and then is unconscious. And Shep was definitely, like, rougher than he needed to be in this situation absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and now this kid's unconscious they end up bringing him in as well and i don't actually know what ends up happening with the brother do you know what happens i don't think they show us they just sort of bring him in and then you hear that Shep says he fell. Right. And he, I know he had an orbital fracture, which is pretty significant yeah. to have an orbital fracture. Like, that's a pretty hard fall. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not really sure what ended up happening with the kid. I assume he's, like, okay. Uh, but, yeah, Shep kind of tries to cover himself up, like you said, like, by saying yeah. that he just, he fell. And then Riley, good for Riley, he's like, uh, I don't think he fell. Like, he was pushed. Yeah. Like, you pushed him. Yeah. In the end, Riley ends up reporting 
Shep's behavior. He files an incident report um, about how aggressive Shep was. And Shep comes to Carol, like, really upset about this report and basically blaming Riley for, like, not being a good partner and not supporting him. But, like, I am totally on Riley's side. Yeah. Good for you for standing up for the patients, I think. Absolutely. He's, yeah, Shep needs, Shep is out of control. He needs some sort of disciplinary action or whether that be like, dude, you need to take some time off to mourn the death of your friend and your partner because he's clearly not okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Shep could use that, like could do it fine, right? Like he gets this incident report, he goes to his boss and he's like, clearly I'm not doing well. Yeah. I, I need some time, like some sick leave to get my head straight and maybe go to some therapy or whatever, right? Like, okay, so then we go to Carter who tricks Benton into attending um, a surprise party in the trauma room. He like says that there's something bad happening or whatever and brings him in and there's this big party because Benton has been named resident of the year. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! Good job. <laughs> so not Weaver, which I'm kind of excited about. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then he talk so Dr. Benton talks to Dr. Hicks and um and he doesn't really know who nominated him for this. And it turns out mastermind manipulator Dr. Fuselage <laughs> um nominated him for this award it's so man Fuselage is good he's so good yeah <laughs> like... he's a little too good isn't he he's too good because now like if Benton tried to go and complain to anybody about like Fuselage yeah they would be like but Fuselage like he nominated you for resident of the year like why would he do that if you guys yeah. weren't getting along right like this is so well done it just shocks i know me. it's like <laughs> dude and the thing is, is that Vuselich knows that peter is pretty clever and Vuselich, like peter knows like he knows why he's doing it and Vuselich knows that peter's gonna know absolutely absolutely like, they're both aware of the situation and Vuselich is like i've got you yeah yeah, like he has, oh man, like over and above just like his white privilege, his standing in the hospital, everything like that. Like he also yeah. has this underlying crazy manipulation ability that, oh man. It's, yeah, seriously. It is next level. <laughs> I just, whoa. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So then Carter, during this party, is saying goodbye to Harper, who is apparently just leaving now. They broke up, so we don't need her anymore. So she is leaving. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Later. Uh, for an OB rotation in <laughs> Dallas. So, like, pretty far. Like, just, yeah, gone. Um, Good thing they broke up, I guess. They would have had to break up anyway. I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, yeah. So, we'll just get rid of that character. Just outdoor. <laughs> um, it just felt I so clunky. I think the clunky. side story... Yeah. Well, I think the side story for her is that she and What's-His-Nuts get married. Mm, Not married. Maybe they're together. Doug? The surgeon. Doug? They yeah. seem to be in, in... Dale? Dale, Dale. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, she and Dale ride off into the sunset together. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah, because we didn't see Dale at all this episode. Like, where is he? <laughs> no, that's because he's planning their wedding. He's getting he... things ready in Dallas for them oh, together. Yeah, already moved to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, He's already moved. He's getting the church prepared for their <laughs> nuptials. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, all right. And then, um, so Mark and Jen are meeting at Doc Magoo's uh, to work out their custody arrangements. And they're like seamlessly kind of just splitting up time. It seems to be going really well. And then we see them in bed together. So they just had sex. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then Jen is like, oh. what am I going to tell my new boyfriend, Craig? And Mark, I love this. He's like, well, you've had to confess infidelity before. Like, you must have, you have experience. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, you're only doing this to get back at me. Yeah, like revenge. Yeah, that was a weird comment, too. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like, I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole situation's so weird. Like, I don't think that they're getting back together, that this was just, like, a fluke that they slept together, but, man, it's just a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, but, like, honestly, I was just sort of, like, you, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not about who did what, whatever. It's just sometimes that happens with partners, but also, like, Jen, you're bad news. I know that this whole thing is complicated. Right. But... Come on. Yeah, I agree. She is bad You're news. You're with Craig now. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I feel like she has very little loyalty to whoever she's with. Like, I don't know. She must be very, just like, super confused as to what she wants. Yeah. But I guess it doesn't mean that she necessarily wants to be with Mark still. It's just maybe kind of like old comfort kind of thing. Right. Just in that moment. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay, let's try to. Um, so then um, Susan goes home to her empty apartment and reminisces, reminisces about um, when it wasn't so empty. So she kind of is thinking about uh, Susie Jr. Susie Jr. Um, and then we kind of get the whole explanation as to what's been going on. So Chloe and Joe, the cop, uh, they've taken Susie across the country. Like, what? They moved. And so, like, Susan has no involvement in Susie's life now. Like, ugh. That's wild that they did that. Like, you're right. There must be, like, a huge amount of time that was between the last episode and this one. Because from it to progress to, like, her only having three nights a week to full custody and she's moved... That's nonsense. And it's also really sad that she's upset and crying. Yeah. Not only are you going to take a kid away from Susan, that who she's basically yeah. been the mo- full-time mother for, um, yeah. for the last, like, at least five months, if not longer. I think it's probably more like eight or nine months. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take that away from her. It's one thing to still live in the city and still, like, bring her by and, like, have her involved in her life. But to then move across the country, like, this is just so selfish of Chloe. Like, I 
I mean, I know that she's the mom and she gets to make the decision, but like that's bullshit. Like, I yeah, yeah, it's pretty traumatic. It's so sad, and I just, I mean, like how unfair to Susan, you know? Like, totally. She she did this for her sister, for her family. She was the only one willing to really take responsibility for Chloe's decisions and how she decided to live her life Mm -hmm. and like you know tried to make this her life better make Susie's life better and then Chloe's just like well now I want her back yeah it's just not fair to Susan no it's gonna be so traumatizing to her to just have everything ripped away yeah right and now and worry because she's not gonna be able to like see Susie and, like, make sure that things are okay and kind of monitor the situation. Yeah. They're, like, across the country, right? So, like, yeah, how do you know what's happening? Oh, it's just I feel so badly for her. It's just yeah. terrible. And it's just yeah. that conversation with Chloe's partner, too. Because they had – she and this guy had the conversation and he knew that she didn't quite feel right about the whole thing. And then to just up and move – it's kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a slap in the face. Like, you're welcome for looking after your child. Okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah. He isn't considering Susan at all either. No. Like, ugh, I hate this. I hate it. I know. But that's how the uh, episode ends. Really happy note. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> the end. Wow. That's it. Well, that was uh, sort of a depressing and weird episode. That was weird and depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. But also but, good. There yeah. were some good things to it. You know, good there elements. Yep. Good elements. Hmm. Thus concludes this episode, episode 20. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Give us five stars if you like it and tell your friends about us. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be working on some new content for season three. As some of you may know, the diehard ER fans can go to Setting the Tone podcast to get their fix of the ER recaps. And then those of you that want to hang out for some new stuff from us, stay tuned. I mean, we're not, we still have two episodes left of uh, ER, but we're going to be coming back with a different season three. Yeah, just new, new stuff. Try to shake it up a little bit and, uh, adventure out into some other medical shows so uh hopefully you stick with us and also start listening to setting the tone as well because they're great yes all right well we'll see you next week guys have a great week bye thanks so much for listening to the episode guys this episode is created edited and produced by your hosts melissa and julie music by chris yemez photography by Ainsley Cardoso Wagner, and photo editing by none other than your hosts, Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefedpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again.